0: So we're talking about the idea of win the day. Everybody say win the day. And 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 the the simple concept is if you can own the idea that today is really the only day you actually have. You know, yesterday is gone. Uh, tomorrow's not here yet, and today is the day that we live. So if we if we could just go you know what if i could if i could just have a prayer time today if i could read my bible today if i could hug my spouse today if i could speak kind words to the people in my world today if i could even exercise for a couple of minutes today you start stringing those kind of todays together and life starts moving in the right direction for you and that's the big idea that you have grace for today everybody say today so what I want to talk about today is this idea to win this day we have to learn how to process yesterday well um, it's it can it, it is hard to to kind of let go of and trust with your present tense concerns uh, and and possibly with your future tense anxieties. But my experience in working with people and my own personal experience is there's probably nothing harder than letting go of past tense pain. Everybody has pain in their past, right? And you know, some of our yesterday experiences have been uh, good and valuable and worthwhile and beautiful, and we can remember good things. And sometimes it's a good idea to stop and be grateful (laughs) for the good things that have happened in your life and, and realize that probably a lot of good things have happened. And I've always found, as I'm living in the moment of what I'm living in or as I'm anticipating what the future will bring so I can look back and remember God's faithfulness in the past helps me to know if he's been faithful in the past, he'll be faithful today, right? If he's been faithful in the past, he'll be faithful tomorrow. But some of yesterday's experiences for all of us have been painful, uh, we've got a pain point that we can locate, maybe one or two or three <laughs> or more. Uh, you know, in the past, you, you made a bad choice. Anybody ever made a bad choice? Come on, if you're not raising your hand, you're lying in church. You're just, you made a bad choice. In the past, somebody that you trusted did you wrong. We all have that. And we have to learn how to process the past, how to let go of the past, uh, and how to to treat it right, Uh, our past failures, uh, even our past successes. So in, in order to win this day, we have to learn how to kiss the wave. Kiss the Wave. That's the title of today's message. This is taken from a, a, a quote of Charles Spurgeon, who is one of the greatest preachers that ever lived. And in England, here is a 22-years-old guy. He says, I have learned to kiss the wave that throws me against the rock of ages. This concept for Charles Spurgeon was born out of an experience where he's 22 years old and so gifted as a preacher, he's literally built the largest church in the world at that time, and he's 22, preaching uh, to 10,000 people in a meeting. Uh, Can you imagine? This is in the 1800s. And somebody in the meeting yelled, "'Fire!' And people freaked out, and as a result of the the crush of people trying to get in, trying to get out, I don't know if you guys have ever been to an event that's super crowded. I remember as a kid going to uh, rock concerts in New Orleans. I remember going to see Led Zeppelin in the 1970s. Come on, somebody! And. Uh, but I, what I really remember about that that whole evening was when we were all going in the door, you got so crushed in, you, I could not even move my arms. And I thought, if I fall or go down under, there is no telling what is going to happen. It, it's, it's a pretty uh, scary event. And out of this event with Charles Spurgeon, 22 years old, Uh, These people that crushed out of the building and everybody getting panicky, seven people died. 28 people were seriously injured. And Charles Spurgeon, even though he was a great preacher, had a, a lifelong struggle with depression. And this event literally almost ruined him on the inside. I don't know if you've had that kind of experience yet. I have, and, and at some point in life, there's going to come a moment where something is, could happen where you're going to experience a level of pain that you're going to have to figure out, how am I going to process this? How am I going to deal with this? How, how? We have to learn how to kiss the wave which doesn't mean that we're kind of some kind of masochist that just we, you know, we love pain. We love what just happened. But we do have to learn how to process it in the right way. One person owns their own pain uh, while the other person is owned by their pain. They're, they're, it's it's a bitterness that's inside of them. It's a it's a um, isolation that's inside of them. It's an extreme over the top caution that's inside of them. It's an unwillingness to to be free in your spirit that gets inside of people when they experience pain points in life. One person becomes better as a result of those kind of experiences, but one person becomes bitter. Come on, we all know somebody who's been bitter. They're always singing the somebody done me wrong song. Hello? And you may not be responsible for what happened to you in your past, but you can own being responsible Able, how you respond to what has happened and how you process the pain points in your past are going to make a difference in you being able to own today. Because I know a lot of people that still carry it, they still carry the, the hurt, the pain, the bitterness, the cynicism, the negativity, the whole deal of yesterday's event into today. When, when, you, when you learn to kiss the wave, you, you're learning, I'm not gonna waste my sorrows. I'm not gonna waste this experience. Deuteronomy 29, 29 says, the secret things belong to the Lord our God, but the things revealed belong to us and to our sons forever. Secret things Belong to the Lord. Revealed things belong to us. And so all of us have some kind of understanding that we we know enough to keep moving forward. And as you as you move forward with what you know, you learn more. But what I want to say that I think we have to incorporate into learning how to kiss the wave is that there, we like certainty. I like certainty. And sometimes you want to know why. Why did that happen? Why did they do that? And there's some things, you have to embrace the idea that you may not ever figure out why that happened. And, and I'm, not, I'm not saying that we should all just kind of cop out on the mystery thing. But I am saying that you got to recognize what is revealed to you is enough to live on. And there are some things you could get caught up in the fishing wire of stuff that you are trying to figure out that you're never going to figure out. In other words, you're never going to get a a clear why. That's when we get to learn to trust God with that. I'm, I'm trying to help you today. One of the quotes that is in the book is from a lady named Kathleen Norris. She says, sometimes modern believers tend to trust in therapy more than mystery. And I'm not anti-therapy, so don't misunderstand what's being said here. What I am saying, therapy would dig into why. Why are you stupid? (laughs) No, just trying to lighten it up a little bit. Wow. Uh, uh, that is a mystery. If you, if you if you look at anything on Facebook, you go, "Wow. You have got to be kidding me." But as a person who loves certainty, you have to learn how to embrace mystery you have to learn how, that there are some things that are in the hands of God and you got to at least have a revelation that God is a good God so you can trust him even though you haven't figured it out yet. You can get caught in your own brain, in your own thinking, in your own head and, and just forever try to figure it out and gets completely stalled out in life and you can't win this day because you're still stuck in yesterday. Somebody say amen and understand. And you can move past your past by kissing the wave, by understanding that God is sovereign, God is good, and even though you don't know why, God still knows how to cause all things to work together for your good, Amen. The Apostle Paul uh, writes this idea in Philippians chapter three, verse thirteen. He says, "Brethren, I don't regard myself as laying hold, as having laid hold of it yet. The it being, he is saying, Jesus laid a hold of me for something, and I'm reaching out to lay a hold of that." God gave me a purpose and I'm trying to grab a hold of that purpose. I haven't laid hold of that yet, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind, reaching forward to what lies ahead. Well, forgetting what lies behind. We all have a past, I mean, as far back as yesterday, as far back as childhood, and we're not going to be able to walk into the future God has for us if we're always carrying all the baggage of the past. Our past sins. Our past failures, our past mistakes. Our, the truth is, even our past successes and our past victories, there all of us can look back and say, This was done to me, this person betrayed me. This person abused me. There, we look back and we can go, there's there's things I wish I would have done better. If I, if I knew what I know now, would have done that a whole lot better. There's things we wish we'd done different, right? I love what Maya Angelou said, do the best you can until you know better. Then when you know better, do better. Come on. Pretty simple, but once you know better... You can do better. We've all made decisions that, as we look back now, I'm thinking, I think I would have made a different approach, taken a different tack, a different angle, a different direction. We all can look back and go, there's an opportunity I missed. There's a, a stupid thing I said Come on, right? Let me just say this, too, because it is important. Uh, We've all said things we shouldn't have said, right? But just remember that words can't be taken back, right? So so be careful. Like, you know, you don't have to say every thought that comes into your head. Honestly, you don't. I know, some of us feel like we got to straighten everybody out, but uh, I'm just telling you, you don't have to say it all. Matter of fact, we wish you'd stop saying it all. But we look back at our past and we go, man, I wish I wouldn't have said that, right? Man, a, a mistake we made, and, and we all make mistakes, You know, that's the thing. We all want to do the best we can, but we make mistakes. I love what my friend uh, Sam Chan said. He says, why is learning to rebound from your mistakes so important? Because otherwise, your mistakes are going to get in your head. You'll ruminate on memories of failures and things you wish you could take back. But once these things get in your head and in your heart... They'll start affecting your performance and your habitual thought patterns. You'll move into the future, but you'll be reflecting on your mistakes the entire time. This will cause you to move through life defensively instead of offensively. You won't be able to give your all to what's in front of you because you'll still be occupied with what's behind you. This is all because you didn't rebound in a way that gave you closure and peace. About the past. In other words, you didn't kiss the wave. You won't have the kind of margin that you want in the present, the ability to try new things, to take chances, to innovate, and to be creative. Paul says in Philippians 3, which we just read, I'm forgetting the past, I'm laying aside what lies behind. Some things we need to remember to forget. (laughs) Some things we need to remember to remember. So, I want to say, don't stop remembering God's goodness. Don't stop remembering God's promise. Don't stop remembering God's faithfulness. You know, one of my favorite Bible characters, I talk about him a lot, is a guy named Joseph, the dreamer in the Old Testament, went through so much heartache, so much pain, so much family stuff, so much lies against him, and just difficulty, but as Joseph moved on with his life, he just had this ability to process his family's abuse, and the lies that were told about him, and the difficulties that he faced, being thrown into prison in, in a way that he never should have. And I, I love this, uh, this idea that when he started to have sons, Genesis 41:51 said, Joseph named his firstborn Manasseh. For he said, God has made me forget all my trouble and all my father's household. Come on. He named his second son Ephraim, for he said, "God's made me fruitful, even in the land of my affliction." Well, wow. I look at Joseph and I realize that's how he kissed the wave. He 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 forgot about his troubles. He didn't. He said God made me forget, but how I many of you know you you have a part in that too? He forgot about his troubles. He didn't just carry them around with him. He and he learned that even though I'm in a land of affliction, God can still make me fruitful. Right? He's in his affliction and he's not blaming, shifting, finding an excuse. He's saying, "God, here I am in the land of affliction. Here I am in the land of pain, and yet God can still cause me to be fruitful." Yes, I experienced affliction. Yes, I experienced heartache. But it, but God is bigger and better than all of that. Because when I'm when I'm when I'm calling on all of us to kiss the wave, I'm not saying. Let's, let's just love our, you know, kissy-kissy on our pain. I'm saying pain happens, but God is bigger. God is better. God is gooder, right? <laughs> Psalm 103, verse 2 says, Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and forget none of his benefits. So what I want to say today is, you know, some, some of our past just needs to move into forget about it, right? Just quit bringing it up over and over again. But some of our past needs a healing touch. It's not enough just to say forget about it. Some, we need to stop carrying it around but it's a different category than just saying I'm blocking it out here I am giving a therapy session in church on Sunday sorry but embrace the mystery but listen to this there's some stuff that's in a different category for your soul than just saying just stop remembering that, right? Because we all have stuff that has made a ding or a dent or a, or a scar or left a mark on our soul. And in many ways, whether we wanted it to or not, it has shaped us, sometimes for better and sometimes not, I love the concept, and I've talked about it before, but I think it's a beautiful concept of Japanese art called kintsugi, where a broken piece of pottery is put back together and it's considered more valuable than an unbroken piece of pottery because of the skill involved in putting it back together again. So, the scars are actually part of the beauty. The scars are actually a part of the value. Come on, can somebody hear what I'm saying? There's some things that I've been through, there's some things that you've been through that actually made you a better person. You got more compassionate. You got more merciful. You got more kind. You got more filled with faith. And Kensugi art. It, 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 it treats the, the breaking and, and the repair as this is part of the history. This is the story. Rather than looking at it as something to disguise, it's actually something to display. Isaiah 42, verse 3 says, A bruised reed. This is a reed that when you would play like a flute, very fragile, he will not break. A dimly burning wick, he will not extinguish. He will faithfully bring forth justice. The the dings make you beautiful. How how do we deal with our past? How do we kiss the wave? You have to apply grace liberally. Grace and healing and forgiveness are all close neighbors. You have to receive God's grace, God's forgiveness. God's kindness. Sometimes to forgive others, because you know hurt people hurt people. And sometimes to forgive others, which doesn't mean keep opening the door for them to come back in and trample again, but sometimes you gotta let it go. But sometimes you gotta forgive yourself. And we learn pain's lessons often by asking a pretty brave question. What have you come to teach me? What have you come to show me? Uh, The Apostle Paul had this incredible experience, and he writes about it, 2 Corinthians 12, verse 7. He says, Because of the surpassing greatness of the revelations that God gave me, for this reason, To keep me from exalting myself, there was given me a thorn in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me, to keep me from exalting myself. Concerning this, I implored the Lord three times. Could you please take the pain away? And he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for power is actually perfected in your weakness. Most gladly, therefore, I rather boast about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may dwell in me. Now, this this is a, this is a tall order. He says, therefore, I am well content with weaknesses, with insults. How many loves insults? With distresses, with persecutions, with difficulties. For Christ's sake, for when I am weak, then I am strong. I I need more time. Because I think Paul is asking for this thing, this pain, this memory, this thing to be taken away from him. God says to him, here's the lesson, Paul, God. My grace actually flows in through your pain, through your weakness, through your inability. God's grace, his power, power is perfected and is actually released in my weakness. I wanna be strong. And this this thorn, this messenger of Satan, he says, it it buffets me, not not buffets me. Buffets me, <laughs> which literally in the Greek means to strike with a closed fist. It's like a punch from the devil. And I don't think the point really in this, even this passage is to go, what was the thorn? The important thing is to understand that God's grace is sufficient for every punch that the devil throws. Come on. So, you know, every one of us is, is, and this is not a bad thing. We're trying to create this wall of security. Around ourselves. We want we want to feel secure. We we want our health to be secure. We want our finances. We want love. We want relationships. We want our home. We want our, we want our car to stop breaking down. We want clothes. We want food. You know, we all are trying to build this wall of security around us, but there is an enemy who loves to try to punch holes in those walls. And what Paul is saying, and the lesson we can learn is this, is that every hole that the enemy tries to punch into your life is actually a hole for the grace of God to come flooding into your world. To to kiss the wave means to forgive something. To kiss the wave means learn the lesson. To kiss the wave means I'm learning to exchange what I think is my strength but it's actually a weakness for his strength. Come on. To to win this day, we have to learn how to kiss the wave that throws us against the rock of ages. Amen. I want to pray with you today. Would you bow your heads, please, and close your eyes. Holy Spirit, I'm asking you to go way beyond the words and the thoughts and the ideas and and bring grace, bring healing, bring wholeness lord to the pain that we've all experienced somewhere in the past i believe you can do that i believe we don't have to figure it out in the in the land of mystery in the land of embracing that our god is good i believe you can heal our pain while your head is bowed your eyes are closed i want to take a minute Maybe you're here today, maybe you're watching online and you you know that you've never really surrendered your life to Jesus. I would love to pray with you. Let's start that journey, that walk. Maybe you're here and today and you used to be close to the Lord, but you know you're not where you used to be, where you want to be, where you could be, where you know you should be. Today is a great day for you to come back home. Or maybe you just are not in a place where you feel confident about where you stand with God. And, you know, today's message is acknowledging that there's lots of things that can go wrong in our past. But knowing that your life is in the hands of a God who loves you, cares for you, can turn it into something good, is a beautiful thing. And I don't want I don't want anybody to walk out of this room today to watch us online and not have that kind of relationship with Jesus. So if that's you and you say, Pastor, I, I know I need to open my heart to Jesus. I know I need to come back home. I know I, I want to get I want to make sure I'm right with God. Would you pray with me? I just want you to lift your hand real high and say, That's me. Would you pray for me? Come on, just open up your heart and just let the Lord know. Let me know. Let me pray for you. Just open up your life to this incredible God. You've never surrendered to him or you used to be really surrendered, but you're not now. Anybody in this room? Amen. Let's pray this prayer together. Everybody say, Lord Jesus, I come to you today. I need your love. I need your Lordship in my life I know I've sinned I have messed up but I'm coming to the cross where you have paid the price for my forgiveness today is a fresh start and a new beginning help me become the person you created me to be amen come on let's thank the Lord